0: Hi, I'm Jalen Rose. Welcome to this week's Renaissance Man podcast. This week's theme is appreciate your position while plotting your promotion featuring Rose Rick Ross. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, probably presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, events, and everything in between. Read the column every Thursday. Check us out on YouTube every Thursday. Leave a comment. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're far too kind. Appreciate your position while plotting your promotion. So imagine you're a member of the Fab Five, the starting point guard, team MVP, leading score, 6'8 point guard, following in the footsteps of Irvin Magic Johnson. Show up at the draft, red suit, white stripes, red Mari Gators, ball head, and you don't go in the top three? They don't pick you in the top five. You don't get drafted in the top seven. Oh, no, you fall out of the top 10. In my mind, I was appreciating my position because I was at the NBA draft, but I was plotting my promotion because once I fell out of the top 10, I knew I had to put in work. And all of a sudden, The Denver Nuggets, Bernie Bickerstaff, that squad drafted me. Played my first two years there. Three coaches, my rookie season. Started off with Dan Issel. Had some personal issues, stepped down during the season. Gene Littles, assistant coach, stepped in. Got love for him. I come back my sophomore year, I'm balling, we balling make it to the playoffs, losing the first round to the San Antonio Spurs and MVP David Robinson. But this is where it gets crazy. I get traded that offseason. I'll never forget. I was driving back and forth, listening to Mob Deep, street life. I was getting traded to the Pacers. It's time to go do work. They got Reggie Miller on the squad great shooter. I'm a really good passer, playmaker. We about to be the best backcourt in the league. At least that's what I'm telling myself. I get to the squad. Head coach, Larry Brown, wasn't a Jalen Rose fan. He was going to make sure that I got multiple DMPs that season. Did not play. Coach's decision. That happened. I went from playing on a playoff team and starting at point guard to getting DMPs. No shade and none of my teammates to play in front of me, but I was performing better in practice than those guys. So I was at a crossroads. Larry brings me into the office. He says, Chris Weber, Jawan Howard, they're all stars. They're up here. Jimmy King, Ray Jackson, your other Fab Five members, they're down here. I'm going to choose your trajectory from here on out. And I stood up boldly and said, no, you're not. I'm going to dictate this. The general manager, Donnie Walsh, who traded for me, actually went to college and was roommates with the head coach, Larry Brown. I cannot make this up. He told me, he said, you're going to outlast Larry. This will be his last year. I need you to be patient. That season, we did not make the playoffs. Larry Brown leaves, Enter. Larry Bird, one of the ten greatest basketball players of all time, was a fan of my game, fan of me. It was like I'm definitely going to get Jaden Rose involved in that next year. You saw us in the Last Dance playing against Michael in the Bulls' Game Seven in the Eastern Conference Finals, it's getting big time minutes, making big time shots in the fourth quarter. I was not going to let anybody deter my goals, deter my dreams. And that off season, I scored a maximum. NBA contract. There was an NBA owner that looked at me and said, hey, Jalen, I'm going to give you as much money as I can to play basketball. And you know what I did? I said, I'll take it immediately. And so leading a team and scoring in 2000, getting a maximum deal, going out, putting up big numbers and playing well the next few years, I validated myself as something that You hope to be Of course everybody wants to be a multi-time champion All NBA All star All star MVP But most people Are really fortunate If they ever get called this word Veteran My next guest is a friend of mine And he's been appreciating his position While plotting his promotion For a really long time You know how I know That's actually one of his rap lyrics That I repeat Constantly. Please welcome rapper, entrepreneur Rick Ross. What up, though? Welcome to this week's Renaissance Man. And one of the things that I love about doing this program is I get a chance to interview people that I admire, that I respect, and I'm just a fan of. This gentleman. Is an entrepreneur. He's an artist. But also, he's been a terrific voice in our community. Welcome to the program. Ricky.
1: Rose, what's up, family? What up, though? I appreciate you taking the time. It means a lot to me. Anything for my family, man. Anything for my dog. That's love. And so growing up in Michigan, I always
0: followed from afar the Miami hip-hop scene as a shorty when it was Luke and it was two live crew and they came to the city and we turned up. And I remember seeing you for the first time, you know, in a video rhyming, shooting bars with Trina.
1: Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
0: Talk to me about the hip hop scene in Miami then and what it is
1: now. Well, you know, the, the hip hop scene in Miami, you know, when I was a youngster then was of course, like you say, the originator Luke Skywalker two live crew Uh, Then JT Money, Poison Clan. Mm. And I believe JT Money was the bridge from the booty shake music, what they would consider booty shake music. But, you know, if you was from Miami, you ain't really called Luke that because Luke really spoke for the streets. The hustlers, when you went to the club, you know, you was pulling up in a foreign, Big Jewels. The females came out. That's what Luke spoke for. So it wasn't just booty shake music, but that's what, you know, some people labeled it. But JT Money, Poison Clan bridge from the booty shake music to the real streets and getting money. Trick Daddy took it from JT, you know, JT passed the baton. And I want to feel I came behind Trick Daddy, you know, when it came to hustling and getting to the paper, you know, um, because I avoided the booty shake music. I went straight to the the business side. Let's get rich. Let's get to the money. And so because
0: you've been Uh, a critically acclaimed artist. You got a crib that basically has its own zip code. I'm surprised they even got you out of the crib today. It must have been a big check. Because otherwise, I'm pretty sure you never leave that crib. So, like, looking back on the scene then and what it is now,
1: what do you see coming out of Miami as it relates to the rap music scene? Well, I'm going to be honest. I believe, you know, beginning what we did with Luke, which opened the door to female artists. You know, if you dance, cause we we dance in Miami, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be dance contests. And you know, that's just something that we originate with. So that door will forever be open. If you make dance music, if you're a female like Trina or anybody else coming behind her, you want to make, and if you want to just pop your shit, you can. But also I feel like, you know, with Trick Daddy doing what he did, myself with Denzel Curry, All the doors open in Miami right now, regardless of what style you got, what your flavor is, or what your agenda is, you could do it. You're gonna like this a lot.
0: So, I do an episode theme each week. And this week's for my special guest is something that I adopted from one of your bars. And it's called Appreciate Your Position While Plotting Your Promotion. Mm. What are some of the key principles? that have helped you stand out and advance your career?
1: Well, I've always, like I said, I've always been an underdog, which to me was always a plus because you gotta find the positive side into it. I'm not really somebody that, you know, I may wake up and if something go wrong, I'm gonna find a way to still win throughout the rest of the day. And to me, that's what it's all about. So if you wake up and, um, you know, whatever we trying to do, Man, we gotta make sure we get to it and we gonna enjoy it and we gonna do a little more. We're gonna put a little more on top of it. But if we was if the interview was only for 10 minutes, let's do 15, let's do 20 today. You know what I mean? And that's really just the agenda for myself. I always appreciated that you had to kind of approach it. once you get into the door,
0: you're just gonna open it up and allow everybody to know what it's like to get to the bag. Believe that and become a mentor for so many in the community. But what qualities
1: do you look for in a mentee? First and foremost, what are you gonna do to separate yourself from everybody else? Mm. You understand? First and foremost, let's just use Instagram for example. I have people that Instagram, you know, come and approach me, DM me every day. Rose, You can have a cool pitch. Soon as I go to your page, your page private or you have no posts, you just wasted both our time. Thanks. You understand, so you gotta have, so you gotta put in some kind of work and have an understanding of what you coming to the table with. You know what I'm saying? Before you come to Rosé and ask for something, you should post that Bel Air right before you DM me something. Because soon as I go to it and see you've been repping what I'm repping, that just let me know you business savvy. Exactly. I've never had Bel Air in your life, but you business savvy. That's just like before I went to buy me a a John Deere tractor. I made sure I posted some John Deere tractors and then I sent that DM. You know, that's what I need. I need that big boy tractor with the air conditioning, the the Bluetooth and all that. I want to tint the window. So when I'm riding down the road, cutting my own grass, they don't even know it's me. And it really be me. You said something in one of the interviews that I saw that
0: was really enlightening. Because for those that don't know and not to give away too many details, if you've ever been to Georgia, Rose has a crib with its own zip code. But what you've also said is how, like the cars that you purchased and a lot of the things that you've been able to accumulate, how you now turn those into hustles. Right. Can you acknowledge for the people who want the big place and the big car, how you have now flipped it and allowed it to make money for you?
1: Well, when you speak of the promised land, my state in Fairville, Georgia, it was used this past summer as the main set for "Coming to America" too. Eddie Murphy, whole team, right? and of course that was a big budget film, and you know it was some big business. And you know since then, uh, a lot of producers. A lot of directors, a lot of scouts, they want to come see it for themselves. And, you know, they will just want to use a certain room and then this side and this, that. And, you know, once again, those are fees. You can't just come into the promised land and want to see it for free. So you're spending money for that. You know what I mean? And uh, once again, you know, the automobiles, Atlanta right now has more films in production in L.A., I believe. So yep. uh, the fleets of automobiles that I have, You know, there are scouts that know the automobiles I have and they want to use them for different reasons. And when you, you know, that's big money. They want to film and use my 57 Bel Air just for one scene. They need it for four months, though. You know, that's a tag every day. You got to pay for that daily. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of business out there. I understand the enjoyment of getting the old school and just ride. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But it's business in that, too. So make sure you're aware of that. I'm riding in my whip, air conditioned Rick
0: Ross, like peanut lemon pepper. And I'm like, I am too. And the Louisiana rub. Better than I realized. Man. I'm a customer and he owns like 30 of them. Talk about a lot of your business pursuits and how they've been
1: really successful and have given you the confidence to want to do more. Uh, well, first, you know, I got to salute Charlie Morrison. CEO of Wingstop. This was just a dream for me. I just love the lemon pepper wings. You know, I called my mom and my sister. Hey, y'all, check this out. Let's get on a three-way call. Yo, I love these, this Wingstop. Let's buy a Wingstop. Wingstop, why wing? Wingstop, let's do it. Boom. We bought a Wingstop, you know, and it was just really for, on some cool shit, on some enjoyment shit. Mm -hmm. And I got a great team, commitment team. And that just began a roller coaster and it went from one to 10, 10 to 20, 20, and it just went on and on, you know what I mean? And we still moving, Wing doing better than it's ever been. You know, the, the chicken wings number one. If you love chicken wings, you gotta go to Wingstop. Stop. And that's just what the play was. Then as a high school, you know, athlete, we used to go to checkers up the street, up the street from my high school. You know, I, I started with that checkers. Boom, checkers, here we go. And, you know, it's just one of those things. I just told myself I wanted to put myself in the position that even after whenever I decide to start making music or whatever it is I'm doing, we're going to be getting money just like we was, um, you know, on top of our game, if not even more. And that's the position we in right now. The day we just launched, we just premiered the, my bag of potato chips with official rap snacks. Dope! Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Of course, the Bel Air, the, the bamboo, you know, one time for Gate City Athletics, our sports agency. And it's the game that we bring into the athletes as well. It's all about investments and putting yourself in, in a position of power that you straight for life. Coming from the hood, I needed to
0: get used to like strangers approaching me or like dudes driving down the street and like stopping the car. And or even sometimes like want to get out of the car and come like run to take a picture with me so like I wasn't used to that, right? Or just like I wasn't used to like trying to help people eat, and then those be the same people that kind of turn their back on you where they feel like they can't eat off of you anymore. So being from the same a similar background
1: as mine, what was something you wasn't prepared for as you became successful? I mean, It's a lot of different things I wasn't prepared for. It's a level of greed. It's a level of selfishness, you know, and that was something that I actually just experienced. It's really a small thing to a giant, but this past holiday season, you know, I got, you know, I got homeboys that's no longer here. I got homeboys that passed away, homeboys that's incarcerated. And, you know, I do my best and I, and one particular homeboy that's no longer here. I seen his kids, you know, I showed love to his kids and you know they posted the picture or whatever and I came across, you know, some other members of his family, you know, a week or two later. You know, and it's, instead of them, you know, I would think, you know, if something was to happen to me or something was to happen to, you know, you would think they say, "Yo, that was love. I'm glad you seen all them" and, I saw the photo, I saw the vibe. Cause you know, to me it's just about the love and just making sure they watching them. It ain't about applauding me, I don't do it for the applause. But you know, it's just amazing sometimes when you see somebody, I ain't worrying about that, but what's up with me, you know? And I never right. had a relationship with you, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, dead and gone now, you know what I mean? And you would think they'll be, you know, just appreciating you know, my homie spirit still being alive, his kids being acknowledged, but it's different things that come with that. And that's cool. I understand it. You understand? I understand it. But and I never turn my back on, you know, my homies or they loved ones that they no longer here for. But you just gotta accept that and 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 stay focused. That's what you gotta do. And understand what your priority is. You can't be be weak for nothing. Absolutely. And over
0: the years. Your weight loss has been well chronicled. So what's been your secret
1: of maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Well, you know, what made me really get on my diet was, you know, when I began having seizures, I'm like, yo, I got to get on my A game. I can't become a diabetic. I don't need no more bad news. You know what I'm saying? So I first first and foremost, I want to say it was the sodas. Let me chill on the sodas. Let me cut back some of the sugar. Let me cut back some of the carbs, some of the rice, some of the, you know, and I still treat myself to what I do because that's just how the boss move. But as a whole, instead of waking up with the T-bone and the five pancakes, you know, I just had to cut back a lot of things. Now I show them in the morning, I do the drizzle, turkey, sausage, an omelet, you know, a glass of champagne and I keep it moving. Absolutely. So growing up, And
0: wanting the rich house and wanting the fame and all of the things that came with celebrity and chasing my goals and pretty sure for you chasing your goals. But now you're a veteran in the
1: game. What does being rich mean to you now? Well, to me, I know for me personally, security is what wealth brings to the table. And that's one of the things that mean the most to me. Security. Because Mm -hmm. when you're in a secure place, your decision-making is on another level. Mm -hmm. You don't have to roll those dice that you used to. You don't have to gamble as much as you used to. You're in a secure place. So once again, your decision-making, you make, you know, it's extremely important. You know what I mean? And, And you don't gotta roll the dice as much, you know? And to me, that's what wealth is about. And putting your kids in that same position. You know, that's, that's after you establish that, that should be your next goal, putting your kids in that same position where they ain't got to roll those dice. Well, it's been an honor for me to
0: have the biggest boss, Ricky Rosé, on the show. Before I let you get out of here, I have a rapid fire segment that I call Gone in 60 Seconds. If you don't mind, let's get right to it. Let's go. I hear that you're an avid lover of vintage video games. What's your favorite video game of all time? Mo Classic. Bo Jackson, unstoppable. Up, down, up, down, all the way through the tunnel all day. Believe that. Believe that. mind Miami Heat made it, the NBA Finals last year, and I know you was pumped. But other than those guys on your
1: roster, who got next? Who got next on the Heat? Absolutely. On your Heat. Mm, man, we could say hero.
0: I figured you say that, Rose. Hey, uh-huh. He can ball, man. Shoot the three, finish at the pole. He got heart.
1: He got heart, too.
0: He got heart. I've been paying attention that you always rock some fly shades. What's your favorite sunglass designer?
1: Mm, Independent, I'm going to say vintage frames. That's my homie out of Canada most definitely. And when it comes to mm, the classics, I'm going to say Cartier.
0: Last but not least, I remember being in Toronto one time. And I was just having one of those days, Rosé. So I just went to the mall and I bought a Virtu phone and it was $15,000. It's supposed to have its own concierge and all of these plugs. And I never used it. It was a waste of money. So what is one of the worst things that you've spent money on?
1: Mm. Ah, let me see. Let me see. Now, this, this is a different type of question for Rosé because we usually, <laughs> even if it's, you know, even if it's some different type of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so i purchased an $80,000 horse mm. Did you race the horse? Was it for personal use? It was just for personal use and when I say that dollar figure sometimes people you know say $80,000 and what, what may be the cherry on top is I forgot the type of horse it was Of course you did <laughs>
0: Well, I appreciate you, my brother. You, a living legend in the game with so very much more to give on and off wax. I'm going to write an amazing column about you and all of the things that you're accomplishing in the New York Post, as well as put out this podcast for all of the people to appreciate your greatness. I appreciate you, my brother. Thanks a lot.
1: Man, I I thank you for having me, brother. And anytime you need me, Rosé, here, you heard? Done and done. All love. Much love for life. For sure. Yeah.
0: Last call. This week's last call is about the importance of having a side hustle. You know today's guest, Rosé Rick Ross, probably as a rapper, but he has various side hustles that bring in substantial revenue. Making a little extra cash on the side can also help alleviate some financial stress, making your day-to-day happier rather than filled with worry about making ends meet. And hey, if you want to use that money to treat yourself, go for it. Your side hustle is all about you doing you. Side hustles are empowering. They can help you pay off debt Or that extra income can help you build wealth. And who knows, maybe your side hustle can turn out to be something that you love. Always remember, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. See you next week.